Welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. I'm Callum. And I'm Bobby. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Good evening. evening. You alright? Yes, fine, thank you. It's very warm again, isn't it? It is. Sweltering here. And I'm already in a moany mood as it is about things, so... Why? Well, it'll, I'll come on to it in a bit, because... Uh, just certain um, things in rugby league this week. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, but before that, what's been happening this week? Well, we found out an answer to one of our questions that was posed on the pod the uh, the other week. Okay. About uh, the Cameron Smith saga, about who was the most famous Cameron Smith. Yeah. The oh. golfer. The golfer or the rugby league the player. Rugby league player. Yeah. Okay. And uh, one of our listeners, Johnny, messaged us. And said that uh, he was with an Australian friend, and apparently she said that it's the answer is Cameron Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the... Uh, the the rugby league player. Ah, okay. <laughs> apparently, he's pretty pretty well known, and if you know Cameron Smith, the golfer, you're into golf. Ah, okay, so, fair um, enough. So Cameron, yeah. so Cameron Smith, the rugby player, takes it. But not the one for Leeds. No, I don't think she's ever heard of him. Right, so it's it's the other one. Yeah, there's still time. There's, there's still, still time. Yeah, don't be you know don't be down, Cameron. <laughs> well, he's not really down. He's got about four hundred million for joining that live golf thing. So no, I, I meant the Leeds one. Oh, the Leeds one. Yeah. Right, he hasn't. This is a confusing conversation. Yeah, but well done, Cameron. Yeah, I think that's what we. Yeah. Have. I think that's all we have to say. Yes. yes. Yeah. Bobby, anything else? Uh, yes. Well, uh, New South Wales are the. World's oldest organisation in rugby league, according to them anyway. 115 years they've been going. Well done, well done. Isn't the RFL a little bit older? Yes, by about 12 years. Right, Bob, then they change. Bobby's ordered an ice cream. I don't yeah. think you can hear that, but Bobby's ordered an ice cream. It's too hot. Then they, then they, then they changed the tweet, didn't they? Yeah. Yes, it's now uh, Australia's oldest. Yeah. Rugby league organisation. Yeah. When I was little, the ice cream van used to be called Peter Bergen's. Right. I just wondered if any of our listeners have ever heard of Peter Bergen ice cream, please let us know, or mm. whether I've just imagined it. Peter Bergen. I've kind of forgot what Bobby was saying now, because the ice cream van distracted me. Yeah. Me, me. I was here first. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they reckon that they were the oldest... So they put out a tweet that uh, congratu- congratulating themselves on 115 years as rugby league's worldwide oldest uh, organization. It's just the arrogance, isn't yeah. it? Then they then they uh, changed the tweet to Australia's oldest. <laughs> I think they had some stick from uh, from a few of the English fans. Good. Educate yourselves, buffoons. Yeah. Ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <sighs> Should we push on? Because I'm already annoyed. Yes. Well, coming up tonight. Oh, yeah. I remembered this week. Well done. What Thanks. have we got on tonight, then? Uh, Super League review, as always. Uh, Bobby's got his stats. 
quick run through the NRL scores. And then this week, we'll be joined by Andrew Foster. Rugby League's favourite nuisance. He's ace, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and he'll be talking through a thread which he's done recently, hasn't he? Yeah, which is all about um, how Rugby League can get more groups, if you like, involved in the game. Yeah. Um, so we'll be joined by Andrew this week. Obviously, last week we were joined by Paulie Bolger. If you've not listened to it, go back and, and listen to it. It was a fantastic listen and uh, a pretty inspiring story. And, and he speaks with a lot of passion about Rugby League and his journey. And the feedback that we've had on that interview has been amazing this week. Yeah, so... And after Andrew Foster, we'll be moving on to the Predictions League with Bry, and that will wrap up the episode. I think it's a bit of a come down. It's about Paulie Bolger, Andrew Foster, and then we go, oh, then we've got Bry on. Yeah, so we're swapping around in future. Yeah. yeah. End on a high. Yeah. <laughs> Get Bry on first, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bry. Well, this Predictions League's nonsense. I can't. Can't work it out. Well, you might have done all right this week. No, Bri... Well, we'll see. It's my favourite segment this week. Is it? Yeah. (laughs) Stupid. Anyway, uh, we'll push on, shall we? There's so much to love about rugby league in this part of the world, and more than just the pork rolls at Warrington and the pies at Wigan. There's tradition and history and great grounds and great fans. And then there's the weather. And if you don't like it, well... You just have to put up with it. Tough titties. Yes, Super League, round 22 in the bag. Where do you want to start? Let's start... Let's just start at the beginning of the week. Let's start on the Thursday night. Uh, Hulk KR 22, Toulouse 16. This is... Was, is, was, tis was. Who remembers tis was? This is the this was the Sean Kenny Dowell show. Yeah, he was on a different level, especially the second half. Yeah, what a do you know? What I was thinking about after what a signing he's been for all care, hasn't he? Mm. I, I did. I mean, I, we spoke about it early in the week, Callum, didn't we? And we said that when he first came over, we questioned, didn't we? Question whether we'd have the desire, whether we'd want to play in Super League, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. But um, he's been a he's been a, a leader. Uh, he's been a real. A real stalwart for Old Cow the last couple of seasons, and uh, Thursday night was uh, uh, one of the best individual performances I've seen this season. Yeah, absolutely. He was uh, he was on a different level. Like I say, uh, he was unplayable. They couldn't come getting down, could they? No. Um, and yet, I thought that to lose somewhat threw the game away. Absolutely. I thought that as well. 16-6 up, and it all changed when they kicked one out on the full. Mm, yeah, I thought that. They, they didn't know what hit them for the last 15 minutes or so. Just completely lost control of the game. Can't do that in the position they're in. No. No, absolutely not. Uh, the games, especially with the side that Hulk I are uh, fielded, through through injuries and suspensions and whatnot, you would have thought that Toulouse had enough. The way they've been going over the last few weeks, you would have thought they'd had enough to to get them over the line. Yeah, you would, uh, as you said, against that whole KR side with riddled with injury. But I think you saw a whole KR team there fighting 
for a position in that top six in that playoff mm. at the end of the season. I think it was a a real uh, a real good game of that quality. It was a team fighting for survival and a team fighting for for playoff contention. And mm. I think you saw that in the end. But I think Hull KR just had enough more than enough just to get themselves over the line. Yeah, and credit to Hull KR because it would have been easy for them to roll over and lose and just go, well, we've got loads of injuries. Yeah. Mm. And instead, I think that's an absolute hammer blow to, to lose his survival hopes, personally. Yeah, I agree. Especially with the, the running that they've got. Five games to go. Mm. Um, it, it puts everything on this week from doing it against Warrington, really. Yeah, it really I does. Think. It really does. I think, it, it obviously, if they did, if they were won on Thursday night, it was still a must-win game for them. But there's even more pressure on this game now to, yeah. to get two points. Can I have a moan? Sure. Because right, this this is probably just me. Okay. To be honest, but it's just me. I find it embarrassing that that we've got one of the lionesses on the sideline commenting on the game because she goes out with one of the Toulouse players. Mm. I'm sorry, like you watch the NRL and it's like, oh, let's go over to Wally Lewis sideline. Let's go over to Cooper Cronk sideline, right? We go, well, let's go over to one of the England women's footballers yeah, and see what she's got to say about rugby league. Who's picked the man of the match. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's like, I just think it makes... Would they, do that, would they have one of them on in Formula One? Or one of the, or one of the, like, the, the Six Nations? Mm. I don't think they would. No. I just think it makes us look amateur. Maybe it's just me, but I just think it makes us look amateurish. Makes it look like a make makes it look like a, a, an episode of Love Island or something. <laughs> no, I, it, I, like I said, maybe it's just me being miserable about it, but I'm just thinking I don't see the the relevance. I don't see the point. Mm. No, it's not really. I know. I know people will say, "Oh, well, it's great to get them involved, and it, and it opens up to wider audience." That doesn't. To me, well, that you're doesn't. not turning in tuning into that match to see who she's given man of the match to, are you? No. And I'm not really that interested that she's going out with a Toulouse player. No. So I don't, you know, I'd rather I'd rather listen to some real sharp analysis mm. of of what what's going on in the game. You and say why that, it's but going then you the look game. at the Sky commentary team. And well, there's not much sharpness going on there. She's <laughs> 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 probably taught more sense than most of them. Did because anyway. then you come on to Phil Clark. I'll let you talk. Through this, oh. this is absolutely outrageous. Did you see the interview <laughs> after the game? Did you see what you just the completely? Game? I, I your point this. is now irrelevant, because right? Because this is out. Yeah, I, right. I've not so they go that. back to the studio after the game, and there's Brian Carney, uh, there's Jamie Jones, Buchanan, mm-hmm. and there's Phil Clark, right? So they've interviewed uh, Toulouse's coach after the game, um, Sylvain Hules. They've had, they've, they've um, They've interviewed him after the game, and he's really despondent, to be honest, because I think mm. he knows that they should have won the game, and I think he knows as well that that's a vital two points, two dropped. points yeah. dropped. Yeah, I think he knows that. And yeah, so they go to Phil Clark and they say, "Right, Phil, uh, what do you think?" He went, "Well, he said he's not. Uh, they're not beaten. They're not. They're not give up because um, they've got two wins left in them yet. One is next week against Warrington." And the other is on the last day of the season away at St. Helens because Saints will rest players and then therefore they'll beat them. He says, but he says, what I'm impressed with is, is Sylvain 
He says, he, um, it's not, he's coached 200 games. Rugby league isn't life and death to him. He's a farmer. He's seen life and death on the farm. <laughs> What's he talking about? That he's seen life and death on the farm and like that's all rugby league's not, not life and death. So then Brian Carney goes to, to JJB and says, what do you think? And he was like, well, I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around the farmer's bit, to be honest. <laughs> what? Why do? Why are these? Why are these people still involved? I watched that and thought, can we go back to George Stanway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've got more sky moans yet in in the round, so I'll, I'll just I'll move on from there. Apart from to say that I think. And it might come back to home at the end of the season, but I think Toulouse are done. No, I I think I think that is probably the case now because if you look, if we move on to the other team, who were really the only other team in contention for going down, which is Wakefield. Um, although they lost sixteen points to twenty uh, at home to Catalan, they are playing so much better than they have done in. The previous months. Well, Willie Poaching was absolutely furious, wasn't he, after this game? Catalan had 13 players out mm. and they were 12 nil up after 10 minutes or so, weren't they? The, the slow start from Wakefield killed them and cost them two points. They were always opinion, chasing in the this game. game yeah. yeah. They're always chasing from then on. And not only that, they give away two penalties towards the end in which they took four points from. They were only six points down as well, weren't they? At yeah. That point. And then they took, they took four points from the two penalties. And that was the difference in the end. Yeah. Uh, um, hat-trick for Yahar, I think, wasn't it? For Yahar, did he get hat-trick? Or did he get two? He definitely got, hat-trick. got two. He got hat-trick, he got hat-trick didn't, didn't he? he? Yeah. Hat-trick. And he got, well, he got two. That He got the first two tries he got the first in the first two. ten minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Great um, effort from uh, from Sammy Sonia Lange to keep it in play as well, to keep him his... Uh, was it his second try, I think? I think that was I, the second one. I, I kept second. trying to rewind that to see if he was... Yeah, I couldn't field, get it good, and, I, yeah. and I couldn't decide either way. Mm. But I know was it was it Jamie Shaw that looked round and was like, "What do you mean it's a try?" Right? Because he was like, well, "He's off the he's he's off." Mm. He did look to be as though he he he'd left foot had hit the the touch line, and then he jumped to out. To me, he looked to be three or four yards off the pitch, yeah, but didn't really jump. Yeah, that that's what I thought. Yeah, that's well, the impression. I haven't really seen a slow motion or a different angle. No, or I, what, I so. did think they were hard done by there, but I'd have to see they didn't have the they didn't have all the other angles to no, show it. No, so you couldn't really tell. But but yeah, Willie Poaching. No, he, again, that was a chance for them, perhaps to 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 really seal mm. their place in Super League next year. Uh, yeah, I think so as well. To go four points clear. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's a real. Uh, I think that's a real crushing blow to to lose that one for, for Wakefield. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. You're right. But again, it's one of those like similar to old KR. It's credit to Catalans, really, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. Just uh, I, th- I just think that you've pretty much summed it up in that in that little bit. Just the discipline let them down. If you you know you're six points out of the game and you you start to uh, you start to give away sh- uh, sh- cheap penalties, shall we say, mm. and you all of a sudden you're ten points down, it's hard to come back. I was surprised they took the second one, but probably just a more of a case of running the clock down more than anything. Yeah, I would have thought so because 
there's no way he's taking less than a minute to no. take that kick. No. So. Uh, the Chan tackle wasn't great, was it? No, it wasn't. Was that on Lewis Murphy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was um yeah, it was a bit uh naughty. Yeah. That was uh, I'm not sure he's been banned for well, I'm assuming he has, but yeah. I've not I mean seen some it. of the bands <clears throat> this week. Yeah. Just just killing it, but that one was obviously worthy of one. But I I missed um what he's been charged with for that. I haven't seen what he's got for that. No, I haven't. He might not even be out yet, that one, because usually the, the bigger bands are out tonight, aren't they? Yeah. Well, moving on. Another team uh, fighting for that playoff place, and now they're in it. Uh, Leeds 34, Salford 14. Another fast start in this one when they were... They were 12, 10, 12 nil up after 10 minutes as well. Nil after they? 15 minutes. Yeah, so another quick start. And then a really strong finish. Thought Salford were fighting the way back into it. And then Leeds, like they've done over the last couple of weeks, finished really, really well. And Salford get those quick hands going. There isn't a better team in Super League, I don't think. No, no, I don't think so either. Um, and especially at the minute, they get the ball into Tim LaFay's hands. He's, he's deadly. He's up there with like Sean Kenny Dowell at the minute. Like the way he played on Thursday night, he's done that for the last few weeks. I think he's he's outrageously dangerous. Yeah, I thought Harry Newman stood up to him quite well. He he, he seemed to. He's going to be world class. Him. He defended Harry really Newman. well against him. He's going to be well. Every time I see him, I get more and more impressed. Mm. And it's easy to forget he's like twenty or something stupid. Mm. So he's he's going to be. Well, he already is. Well, well, he's not quite world class, but he's definitely going to be. Yeah, definitely. Do you know who um, has impressed me from from Leeds for quite a, f- a few weeks now as well? Is uh, Richie Myler. Yeah. His his support play and his his ability to get onto an end of a kick or just beyond the shoulder. It's fantastic. It's one of the best in the league. What, it's... What's impressed me about Richie Myler is he's gone through a bit of a tough time. Not only you know personally, but. On the field as well, he, he's been dropped and struggled to find uh, a, a place in the squad at, at times. Um, probably originally when he started, you know, playing at fullback, moved out position. He's always been a an halfback, out and out halfback, uh, and the determination to just sort of adapt and and be good at wherever he's playing has really impressed me. Mm, I agree. There was a there was a really key moment in this game uh, which was the Ash Hanley try yeah because Salford were in yeah and it, it either goes to 20 all and Hanley goes away and it's 26-14 yeah and that's game over yeah but it was so close to it being 20 all there uh, Salford mm. did you see the Fusatua um, what he's been banned for for two games no I, I didn't see this I know he, I know was it two game ban he got yeah I, I've Ridiculous. not actually seen what he got he got it for it was a, a late tackle they said it was high and late yeah. and he was neither high nor not late. late I don't know what the RFL are expecting defenders to do anymore no I, I, I saw that and it took me five watches to work out who'd been banned, if you like. Yeah. Who, who was yeah, guilty. Yeah, like, I was like, what's, I don't get yeah, that. I, what's I, wrong I, with I didn't this? see it. Because no. it was it was like a pass before, two passes before the try. But he, it's the quick, the quick hands have done him. Yeah. 
it's good attacking play. Mm-hmm. It's not poor defensive play. No. It's good attacking play. Yeah. And he's been banned for good attacking play. What you are supposed to do in that position as a defender, I don't know. What the what the match review panel or the RFL or Super League or whoever it may be, whatever they are expecting you to do in that situation there, I'm not quite sure. No. I, I, I don't... This one is absolutely ridiculous. And again, I've... Had the gun off um, a record as well. His record hasn't helped him previously, has it? No. And yet he's done nothing. No, he hasn't. Um, I've no issue with the Caesar one with the trip. No, no issue with that. And yet they're, they're appealing that. <clears throat> I think, aren't they tonight? Yeah, yeah, I think so. See, that one is totally different to what we said earlier in the season with Aiden Caesar. I think uh, when we covered this one at uh, Leeds and Saints, I think it was. We said, if you get stepped, you sort of throw your body at him, don't you? But he's just sort of stuck a leg out and hoped for, mm. hoped to trip him up, really, there. Yeah. And that's the big difference. Question for you now, though. If you're, um, if you're Christian Wolf or Matty Pete, okay. you look like you've got the top two sewn up, let's say. Mm-hmm. Right? And as it stands at the minute now, who would you rather face now? Huddersfield, Catalans... Castleford or Leeds who are now in sixth would you fancy playing Leeds that's 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 what I'm getting at really um, probably not at the minute or going off the last couple of weeks they're growing they had a tremendous comeback against Catalan and and obviously had a really strong performance here against an informed Salford who again have been brilliant over the last couple of weeks you're probably looking at Castleford, really. Maybe it's a question for another two, three weeks' time. Yeah, I just think at the minute, usually the t- we've talked all season about that team's, you know, getting into sixth, and well, they'll just extend the season by a week. I'm not, I'm not sure. The more it goes on, that if that's Leeds, that's the case. Yeah. Well, Leeds have already upset uh, Wigan in the last couple of weeks. They blew them off the park, didn't they? So. They're gaining confidence. You know. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Gaining confidence. The players must be gaining confidence. Well, I mean, we, we, we'd look back to the start of the season, look at the players that they'd signed and the players they got looking through the squad numbers 1 to 31 to 17 or whatever. You're thinking this team can compete. Yeah. I think right. I had them down for finishing second. So did I, yeah. So, we're, we're sort of seeing what we thought we were going to see at the start of the season, or we have done over the last couple of weeks anyway. Yeah, it took a change of coach to do it, but yeah. yeah. Well, moving on, we will go to... Uh, we'll stay in Yorkshire, we'll stay with... We'll go with Huddersfield. Huddersfield 22, Hull FC 16. Yeah, Hull, again, just weird team. Just a crazy, weird team. You never know what t- what side's going to turn up. You know, they pushed them all the way. Probably, I argue, they were unlucky to lose. And I'm really it only lost. They let Danny Levi have a go twice. And I thought both times he got over the line. Soft. They were ridiculously soft. Yeah. And it's those little sort of efforts in defence or those moments of lapse in concentration the reason why they're not going to do anything for the rest of the year, really. Yeah, especially since they got themselves in that position to win as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Connor put two really classy assists in. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, one with a really sharp sort of like over like basketball pass and one with a, a really nice kick. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, that the, the two tries were just soft. And then I'm thinking, how can you just score and then you get a man simbined after you've ju- after you've scored? Mm. Stupid. Mind you, I, I'm saying that, I don't even think it was a simbin. It was just like a little push and shove and he put his palm in his face. And well, I, I think... I saw the video. I'm not sure if it was that when they scored. Will well, Will Will Price has picked up a uh, two game ban for tripping, I think, and I'm pretty sure it was in the lead up to after that try because I think there's a player running in to celebrate and he just literally sticks his leg out and trips him up. He's missed more games than Tativano and Bentley and then seven and then everybody. Hasn't I know. He? <laughs> I know. I just. Uh, I was just thinking, what are you doing? Why, why are you, what are you tripping him up for? I know they've scored, but I can't remember where. I, I can't find the video now. I've got, I've got another moan. Okay. Television coverage again. This is the Super League show this time. Uh, and I, I watched okay. the Super League show, right? And you know when it comes on and it goes, "Here's the matches that we've got tonight." Yep. Right, and it says, and they're all there: Huddersfield v Hall, etc. And they're like, they've got like a baby H. For like Huddersfield and Hull, did they? I hate that. I really, really <laughs> hate that. Like you know when they can't have a capital letter for the team, like, and they've got like a little baby H or something, yeah, and a baby S and all that. Oh, I, just, I hate that. Absolutely. Again, it's probably just me. I've never noticed it, but uh, I think it would bug me as well. It does bug me. Yeah. Just quickly onto the. Uh... Onto the back of this game as well. Congratulations to uh, Leroy Kudjo. That was his 300th, appear- 300th Super League appearance for Huddersfield. Excellent. So, well done to him as well. That's, yeah. uh, he's he's not had the best of luck with injuries and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, well done to him yeah. for, for getting that. And well done to Huddersfield for coming back. Absolutely. Right. Well, let's move on to the Channel 4 game that was live on Sunday. Saints 20, Castleford 12. Yeah, I thought the, the way the game started, I thought we were going to be in for a really, really good game. I thought Saints started really brightly. Um, and then, it, it, to be honest, I thought it was a bit dull. The handling for both teams was shocking, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, Saints went 20 nil up. And Cass for a late sort of comeback and if, if Danny Richardson had had his boots on may have well may have well come socks. with yeah uh, his <laughs> kicking boots All on right. um, may have come away with the two points yeah odd one um, plus and minus for Curtis Severin in this game I thought I thought he had a really good performance I just scored the first try yeah and now he's been banned again I didn't think there was anything in the tackle to be honest he got Simbin for it, didn't he? Yeah, but I but didn't it, think it was... But it was no worse than the one on Makinson. No. In the, in the first half that I saw. He got Simbin, though. Yeah. Oh, he no, he didn't. No, he, no, got, he, got, he got That was he got a late Simbin, hit, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was Watts. Watts did both of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. why I've got confused. Watts got yeah. Simbin for the late hit on Lomax. Which was late, yeah. in my opinion. I thought that was really late. In, yeah. You know. Yeah, but he didn't get Simbin for the... High one on making. No. You can't send in everybody for every time there's a high tackle. I didn't really think there was an awful lot in it. Was it a penalty? Yes. That's it. Was it a sim bin in? No. 
But if if you give it, I can sort of live with it. Is it a two game ban? Absolutely not. Mm, I agree. And again, his record at the start of the season hasn't yeah, helped. Him, no, has it, it hasn't. But th- this incident is just it, it's that's all it is. It's just a high tackle for me. It is anyway. Yeah. Um, important for Saint in this game, I think, to uh, get Roby back at nine. Yeah. Rather than a seven. Mm-hmm. I think they've really struggled the last couple of weeks when he's been playing at seven. Yeah, and I thought John Benison did a really good job at fullback because obviously that allowed Jack Wellsby to go into the halves and I thought Benison did did really well. And from what I've seen of him, he it looks like he could make a decent career. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And a rarity that you don't see very often, a penalty try. Yes, that was the, the was bachelor, bachelor try. One. He got... Pulled back, didn't he? Yeah. And then I don't think he grounded it, didn't did he? Didn't quite ground it, I don't think. So they give penalty try. Yeah. But it wasn't quite as obvious that it was a penalty try because he'd scored right next to the sticks anyway. Yeah. So. But the, but it was because the referee then gave it. Yeah, it's not like he'd have scored out wide and the referees legged it 20 yards to run under the sticks. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a penalty try in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Saints... What I noticed in this game was three tries from short range. Nothing spectacular. Uh, not really any breaks as such in it, I didn't think. They, was, but they, they sort of like bundled the way over. I think um, because of the loss last week and sort of they seem to be reshuffling positions every week as well from injuries and suspensions. I think this was literally just about getting a win. Yeah, the four in a row for Saints isn't looking as clear cut as it perhaps was at the start of the season, is it? No, not unless they start getting a few bodies back, I don't think. And that's what they've been really lucky with in the last three years. They haven't had any major injuries. Mm. And and that's always to me, that always seems a big part of how people become champions. Because they have the same sort of seventeen every week. Yeah. 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 Farama with a hat trick late on. Yeah, um, felt a bit sorry for. I think it was is he called Dan Dan Hill on the he was playing on the wing for yes. St. Helens. I think he copped a bit of a shoulder injury and they just ran over him. Yeah, didn't they, they just end, sort yeah. of took advantage of that. Whether they knew they were doing that or not, I don't know. But even if they did, you can't blame them. That's no, how they got all the points. Yeah, so oh, yeah, I think they've had to recall Josh Sim from his loan at Hull FC now as well to mm. to come back and play in the wings or. Centers or centers, or, wherever, yeah. but he's that's his position anyway, isn't it? So, yeah, you'll see him slotting. Hulk car, even more fuming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam Royal come back on a on from his loan mm. and did well with the water. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was he was uh, eager to get on with that water bottle. Yeah, when yeah. he could have been playing for car. Yeah. So whether that, I, I think that might be due to the fact that the obviously. Metauti was banned and Sirenen copped an injury against Salford and I think they feared the worst for the Sirenen thing and then it, it turned out to be uh, less serious than first thought and I think that's where that decision to bring him back from that loan come from. He's got a couple of weeks to recover now, hasn't he, Sirenen, anyway? Yeah. 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 So he, Royal might actually feature yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Well, speaking of injuries, it's it's taken him two years but so say Efeki made his debut for Castleford, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> Two years he's been waiting for that debut after injury after injury. 
feel a bit sorry for him. Surprised he's still there, to be honest. Yeah, you don't see many clubs stick to players like that. No, that's good. Good. One more game? We do. And it was the Sky game on the Friday. It was Wigan 32, Warrington 6. You made a point to me earlier in the week, Callum, that you said that um, from a Wigan point of view, they've overhauled that. Did you say it was a 200-point deficit on Saints? Something like that, yeah. And they've overhauled that, haven't they? Mm, to be like 20-odd, 30 in front, whatever it is now. Shows the difference, I think, particularly in the attack that both teams have had over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, the the, the pace in, in Wigan's three-quarter line is just ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Field, French, Marshall, Bibby's not slow. Mm. They're just missing that one centre spot, really, aren't they? I think which Kai Pierce-Paul has sort of filled in. But uh, if they had an out-and-out centre, I think they'd be uh, pretty unstoppable. Although he looks to be on his way, doesn't he? That's the yeah, rumours rumors are he's going to the NRL. So is French. Um, and so is Lee Breers. Yeah, that was an odd one, because earlier in the week I saw a video of him saying he was wigging through and through. Right. I thought, he's from Tatooine for a start. And you play for Warrington for most of your And then a few days later he's going, I, yeah, I know I said that, but I'm off now. Yeah, mm. yeah. Weird. I'm sure he'll do quite well because he, he's he's seen. I I think he's a big reason why we're gonna playing so well, especially in attack. I think he seems a really really good uh, coach, and obviously he was a really good player and and sort of always thinking outside the box, wasn't he? Mm. He was a bit of a Mavericks type player. Yeah, you can't um, you can't leave Jay Field with the broken line, can you? No, no. Um. I actually thought Warrington started quite brightly for the first 15 minutes or so. Uh, they obviously scored the first try through Curry, and then they had a couple of efforts that on another day could have could have gotten four points. Uh, the Ashton knock-on where he had the sort of mm. half-intercept, and if he'd have picked that up... Didn't he, bounce up for him. No, did. if he'd have picked it up, maybe he'd have gone, but they'd have definitely got the ball back, and then the... The Williams pass on the inside that was just... Seemed simple, really. Yeah, just seemed sort of a basic thing that he would do day in, day out mm. at training and then any other game, and it just didn't come off. But that, you know, they scored them two, the 18. That could have been 18 yeah. nil. Yeah. You, or at least 12. Yeah. I'll I tell you one thing I did notice, and it was the... the the moment where Matty Ashton, not the not the one where it didn't bounce up for him, but he had the ball and he dropped it. He was breaking away and he dropped it and then yeah. Marshall went the other way. Yeah, I don't know if it was just me, but he didn't look like he was trying to run. He looked really slow. Or Jay Field looked way quicker than I ever thought. because Probably he, the second one. <laughs> I don't know. He just seemed to track him down with absolutely no effort, though. He just seemed to grab him and pull him down. Well, I, that again, that was a that was an odd one because Warrington are away. Ashton gets tackled. Five tackles later, Wigan have scored. Yeah, mm. with the same man that's pinched the ball from, from because nobody's behind Ashton for the uh, for the play of the ball. Yeah, yeah. Marshall's dived on it. Five tackles later, mm. they're running the corner. He's in the corner. Mm. Poor play. And I thought, I mean, let's be a bit, let's be honest now, right? Warrington are six four up at halftime. Yeah, right, and. They haven't done the the basics. I mean, Smith's put two kicks in, two two high kicks, and they've dealt with them both shockingly. Yeah, yeah, they did. Shockingly, they've dealt with them. One of them 
I mean, there's no protection for the fullback whatsoever. No. He was got nowhere near them either, really. No, he was out out jumped on the uh partial second, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And French took one off him, I think, and then Yeah. Then uh, offloaded it. But it was just um and one bounced off his arm, I think, and somebody else went in, but it was just terrible. Yeah. Um I and then and then we get the so thirty two six, second half is twenty eight nil. Mm-hmm. And then we get the interview after where Daryl Powell says, well, first of all, I thought we did well. <sighs> and yet that's dreamland. The, that's the 12th time that the, this season now, out of 22 games, that they've conceded 30-odd more points. Yeah. Who gets... Here's a question for you. Who gets your uh, post-match interview of the week? Is it Daryl Powell with thought we played well? Mm. Or is it Ricky Stewart calling... Jaden Salmon, a weak gutted dog purse. That was a classic. I don't know which one takes home the trophy this week. Oh, and why? And why did he say that? Because uh, he kicked one of his players in the uh, testicles. Right. Mm. I'm sure. Yeah. He, he said, I, "I knew him as a kid. He was a, a weak gutted dog as a kid, and he's a weak gutted dog now." Is that what he said? Yeah. And then he had to apologise, but I was, it was hilarious. I was laughing my head off. I don't think I'd apologise, <laughs> would you? Uh, he's copping a big fine there, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. But back to Dowell Powell, we did well. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure whether he actually believes that or whether he's just trying to... Um, and then they've had, a, they've had a, um, a concerted effort to get the fans in and pay a pound and all this sort of stuff to, to get the, behind them for the big game this week against Toulouse. Mm, you'd have thought that would have been a big game at the start of the season. Yeah. That's must win for both teams, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if Warrington win, which I think they will and, and probably should, um, saved, that's them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be okay then. Hmm. Anyway, that was round 22 in the bag. It's Bobby's Stats of the Week. Yes, Stats of the Week time, and obviously here he is. Hello. How many stats have we got this week? Uh, seven. Seven. Ooh, let's see how they are then. It's a long stat week. <laughs> okay, the first stat. Uh, New South Wales celebrate being the oldest... Oh, wait, no, sorry, I got that one wrong. Just <laughs> <laughs> cross that one off. Very good. Uh, okay. Six, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh okay, the the first real one. Uh, Alex Johnston has scored seventy-five tries since twenty twenty to the current round of the NRL. Uh, the Panthers and the Cowboys have both had, who are the top teams this year, both had four wingers play uh, in that time. The Panthers' wingers combined have scored 73, and the Cowboys' wingers have scored 72. So Alex Johnson has outscored all four, all eight of them by himself. Excellent. The other Rabbit Oz wingers scored three. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, stat number two. And I'm afraid it's not a good one for you, this one, Andy. Cameron Munster 
outscored the entire Titans team this week. (laughs) (laughs) They lost 32-14 and Cameron Munster registered 22 points. Eight more than the Titans. Close, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're running close. Yeah. Yeah. They're bad, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, Stat number three, Uh, London Scholars player Jared Bassett has scored four tries in back-to-back games. To a bit of perspective, even Brian Bevan only managed to score four tries in one game in his career. Never did it back-to-back. That's a pretty hard thing to do, isn't it? Mm. Oh, well done, lad. Do you remember we went to that game and we said... You have to. And we were meeting at the statue at Warrington. And we told Bobby we were meeting at the Brian Baker statue. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. It was so funny. Uh, Okay, so... So Brian Baker didn't get two two lots of four tries. No, he didn't, no. But uh, Jared Bassett did. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Next. Uh... Warrington have only lost both half of the games four times this season. Surprisingly, that's less than second place Wigan, who have lost five and are joint third in Super League for this stat. That's weird. (laughs) That is weird. Mm. So they've won at least... One half of the game, what, 18 times this season? That's weird, isn't it? Mm. That's the start of the season. <laughs> Wouldn't have thought that, would you? No, that's the start of the season. Wow. Saints have only lost both halves twice, whilst Hulk IR, Wakefield and Toulouse uh, lead the way on seven each. Okay. Surprising for Hulk IR as well. Mm. Uh, stat number five, uh, Leeds... <laughs> after their disciplinary this week, now have a record that they probably don't want. They've had 20 bans this season, totaling 41 <laughs> matches. Ouch. With three red card, three red and 12 yellow cards, no other Super League club is even in the 30s for games missed. Ouch. The nearest one is Hull FC on 28. James Bentley's had three red cards and 11 yellow cards. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine where they'd be in the league, though, without them. Well, yeah. Those cards. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair mm. point. Yeah. And my final one is Barita Faremo has become the first player to score three tries past St. Helens in a single game since Anthony Gelling in 2016. Right. So they haven't conceded a hat-trick in... Over six years. Interesting. Some good ones there this week. There was some very good ones. Very, very good. Very good. Well done. Excellent. Better than your normal rubbish. That's good, that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well done. I was, uh, yeah. I was worried when there was uh, more than five. Yeah. <laughs> very good. I'm impressed. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. NRL time. I'll read the scores. Anything you want to jump in with, feel free. Uh, Roosters 34, Broncos 16. Storm 32, Titans 14. 
Sea Eagles 20, Eels 36, Rabbitohs 48, Warriors 10, Raiders 6, Panthers 26. That interview was amazing. Yeah. I know we've mentioned it briefly before, but I couldn't stop laughing. He's a weak gutted dog kid, and he's, <laughs> he's weak gutted now, he said. Sharks 24, Dragons 18, Bulldogs 14, Cowboys 28, and the Tigers 10, the Knights 14. Sorry, were you going to say something about the Cowboys then? Uh, I was, sorry, just just very quickly. Did either of you see that game by any chance? No, I didn't, no. <laughs> what was going on with the kits? If oh, have... I did see the start of it. You showed me. I did, I showed you. If you haven't seen it... Have a look, because that is kit clash of the century. They're both wearing blue and white. I couldn't tell who had well, the ball and who was tackling. You say that, the Bulldogs are in blue and white, and the Cowboys are in white and blue. Oh, right, so pretty so, obvious then. Pretty obvious, yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it was. It was. <laughs> it was bad. Was it? I didn't see it. I didn't see that game. Yeah. One of the players had the ball pinched off Ado Carr in, the, in goal. Yeah. I they thought it was his own player. Yeah, yeah. It was gave it to him. <laughs> Really? It was terrible. There's a few like that in Australia. They just don't seem to care, do they? Like the bunnies awake it. Yeah, they just don't care. But there's been a few games recently where the kits have clashed. Yeah, that was that was bad. That mm. that was bad. A um, couple of good games in the NRL by the look of it this weekend. Um, I think it's Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which. But the Panthers against the Storm. I think that's Thursday. Oh, okay. And then the other interesting one I think is the Eels and the Rabbitohs. I think that that'll be a. Yeah, because both get both teams seem to be uh, scoring yeah. pretty freely at the minute. Excellent. You call that a knife? This is a knife. That's not a knife. That's a spoon. Uh, right, and as we said before, uh, we're moving on to our main segment of the podcast. So here we go. I'm just a fan, Alan, that's all. Your biggest fan. That's right, we're joined by uh, Andrew Foster, as we said earlier, um, about the thread which is done recently on, on Twitter. It's all about sort of positivity in, in rugby league. Uh, and I'm pleased to say we're joined by Andrew. Andrew, how are you? I'm really good, thanks. Beautiful sunny day down here. Um, and Bradford Bulls won, imagine that. Um, so, well, what more could you ask? Well, yeah, exactly. But I'm glad you've brought Bradford up because I just want to play you something and I just want to get uh, your thoughts on it. Okay, so it's about a minute long, so I'll just let it play through and I'll get your thoughts after, yeah? So we've just seen an error apiece here at Odsall Stadium. Can you shoot this off? Air conditioning unit on it. Make it a fucking racket. Can you get out of it, please? I don't want to get no. out of it. No! You turn it off. Bradford are going to be awarded the scrum. There's something kicking off here. Not sure what's going on. Do apologise. I'm not going over there. Do apologise for this interruption. It's live radio. You Stop pointing your finger at me or you'll be out of I do apologise for this. I don't work for them. I work for me. Off you go. No, you get it sorted. Get you, out. You touch me. And get I'm not going to touch you. I'm going to have security take you out. Get you get touch out. me. You've assaulted me. Oh, get out of here. Bradford me, in possession. Ten you shy of the halfway no, line. No. You get that noise sorted. There's, there's an intruder in the commentary box. Hey, 
There's an intruder in the commentary box. The, the greatest uh, radio commentary <laughs> part I've ever heard. So I think what my question is, Andrew, is uh, why did you burst into the commentary box? <laughs> Not guilty on this uh, on this occasion. Uh, even even Nigel can't stick this one on me. Nothing to do with me. Um, yeah, no. Uh, who knew that odds will have of this shit? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All the way around? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's incredible. I just think we've, I mean, that's the thing. I remember my, my dad's mate used to say he wouldn't watch Phoenix Nights because he said, why, why, why should I watch stuff like Phoenix Nights and Royal Family when I can just, uh, so that's all that I get at home. You know, like that's, and that's the reality, isn't it? That's all Peter Kay does. He just, goes, yeah. he has a, he has a pencil and a and an iPad in his in his pocket when he's people say stuff he writes it down. So um, so yeah yeah Phoenix nights at Oxford. Um Yeah no no but um, I thought Mick uh, Gladwell uh, maintained his composure very well and yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I thought Martin Sadler was going to blame you. Ah <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> I didn't see his column this week. We're off to uh, who knows, but yeah, uh... we'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, anyway, um, on to, we we'll get on to more positive things, shall we? But yeah, that yeah, was yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. Um, we you put a, a thread together, Andrew, which was uh, really well received and had some great comments about. And it was it was around. I mean, it's not a criticism of rugby league. It was more around positivity, wasn't it? About how yeah. we how we build on the game, how we get more groups involved, and um, just different uh, some some different ideas and looking at different groups, really, wasn't it? Do you want to just take us through it quickly? Yeah, sure. So, um, actually, I haven't actually got it in front of me. Have you got it? Uh, I think first, what I was thinking about was that there was a series of um, of groups that perhaps up to now have been um, you know, not not as involved. You know, when I was a kid, wouldn't necessarily have been as involved in rugby league uh, sort of as, as much as perhaps they should be uh, in proportion to the sort of standard stereotype of a rugby league fan. But but that's changed quite a lot in uh, in recent years. And I think it, it gives us a massive opportunity. There's a lot of doom and gloom around the sport. Probably... I mean, to be fair, that always has been, yeah. as far as as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but there's a bit of a sense that uh, that there are sort of tides turning against us that that are going to be very hard to reverse. Which which think you know there's some some truth to that. You know that we're up against up against Netflix, up against ever improving computer games, all these sort of things that that are competition for for. Um, potential players, potential uh, fans, especially amongst young kids. Mm. However, whilst we might be sort of losing perhaps uh, on, on those fronts, there are other, um, there are other fronts where, where we, we've got a chance. We've got more of a chance than we've, than we've ever had before. And, uh, and yeah, and the, the first one I think I mentioned was, was women, yeah. like the, the women's game, uh, which are no, 
Now that isn't. I mean, so I'm not claiming this is a you know an amazing original thought that 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 I've had or that the women's game's doing well in 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 rugby league. But it's sort if you if you think about that sort of fear, that worry about losing the player base, losing the fan base. Well, the fact that we've now got half the population who previously, um, you know, were just expected never to participate in rugby league, uh, apart from as spectators in, you know, like stereotypes as oh, well, they can they can wash the kit and they can and they can make the tees, and now they're actually going to be in a world on a level level footing. You know, we were talking about the women's team, the men's team, rather than England and England women's. Well, that's a fantastic development for the sport, and and it starts. You know, it's one in the in the credit column uh, to to go against some of the some of the things in the debit column. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've always, I mean, for as long as I can remember, we've always marketed ourselves as a family game, haven't we? And you know, yeah. that's a, that sort of image, if you like, of, of rugby league crowds, but. On the playing front now, like you said, I mean, and and I think it's there's all I've worked in sport for a long time, and there's always been uh, pushes for uh, to get women and girls involved in sport, or whatever. Whether it's things like whether it was things like back to netball, all this sort of stuff. Obviously, we've we've seen huge success in women's football and the participation numbers in that. Um, but now, you know, you go to you go to games and you see particularly young girls, don't you? You see them with um, uh, uh, women's n- uh, names and players on the back, don't you? Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a massive step forward. You know, there are um, there's always been decent uh, decent numbers of of female fans, but I think the the offer changes when you say, of course, women can continue to support the men's teams, but the fact that you're able to go into schools and say to all the pupils there, whether they are boys or girls, and look at this, look, here there are England players, there are male England players, there are female England players, that's a possibility for you. Um, you know, not everyone's going to go on and play for England, but the fact that people can play to whatever level that they, they're comfortable with um, and that they can then go and follow teams uh, follow the male team, follow the female team. I think that's a fantastic Philip, and uh, and 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 you know, lots of we haven't even scratched the surface yet, really. You know, this is this is incredibly early days when 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 you think um, how sort of new the you know the the sort of formal women's competitions are. Um, so imagine what if we can now this is the thing <laughs> if rugby league can actually stick to something and keep growing it and i mm. think this might be one of those things where you know as opposed to like the super eights yeah um remember them yeah. <laughs> yeah. how many how many years of that did we have not many no too many <laughs> but what i do feel is actually quite confident that the the women's game is going to be persevered with um, and that as a result, you're going to have this accumulation of kudos, of support, of, you know, potential sponsors, yeah. because I think it is an attractive, I think that is an attractive proposition where um, you're saying, look, here's something that 
um, is traditionally associated as being very male. And look, there's women doing it and they're doing it on the BBC. And hopefully at some point, I think that's going to be a massive part of it is getting, you know, it's, it's true for the male game, it's got to be for the women's game too, getting the, getting, getting the women's teams over here competitive with the Southern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you get that, you know, if imagine a, you know, a proper blood and thunder female ashes series, um, you can, and you can play that, uh, that you, you can pretty, pretty quickly grow, grow those crowds out. I'm absolutely sure of it. Yeah. You know, so we're, yeah. we're at, we're at, we're at a point. I mean, this is one of the things, you know, so we're, as opposed to football and, and rugby union, where the England teams there pretty much play to sell out crowds um, in, in any circumstances, the, the male teams, the established teams. Well, that's not the situation for England's rugby league, Not certainly not between World Cups. So actually, <laughs> the, the, the women's team, in order to get parity, it, it's not so, it's not such... Such an Everest to climb, no. and I think then you've got you've got a really exciting proposition. Yeah, I mean even today, I mean Serena Williams has just announced her retirement, right? Yes. Um, so there you've got an example of of you know someone who's an absolute absolute megastar. You know, has transcended beyond the sport, um, and and there's no reason to think that we haven't missed out on tons of potential Serena Williamses of rugby league. Mm. Over the years, where there just wasn't a team, there wasn't a sort of chat, you know, a way for them to channel, channel that. Yeah. But now, you know, I, in in my professional work, did a bit of work at um at, at, at one sort of school with with very strong women's team, and you just yeah um sort of girls and and into the into the sort of sixth form. Um, it's just interesting to see year after year they are churning out fantastic teams, and. Give it chance, allow it to grow, and I think you're going to get fantastic players, and you're going to get even more lifelong supporters too. Yeah, and I think no, you're right, and I think it's a very similar situation with the uh, with the next group that we're going to speak about, which is disabilities. Now we have a in rugby league. I mean, you've said it before, Callum, haven't you? That we have an absolutely fantastic product. In disability rugby league. Yeah, I don't know any other sport really that has the sort of inclusivity that we have. We have the, obviously we have the the, the women, the the men's, the uh, wheelchair, the PDRL, the LDRL. Like, I don't think there's a person who wanted to play rugby. There's not a person in the world who couldn't play rugby league if they didn't want to. No, that's right, and and also with the wheelchairs, uh, with the wheelchair rugby league. Um, the, some of the names are becoming more household names, Andrew, aren't they? People like Tom Halliwell, Ewan Clivens, Deck Roberts, all of which have sort of like done predictions for us and 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 made comments for us on the pod, and and they're becoming more they're becoming more and more well known, particularly with um, with Adam Hills being involved as well. Yeah, well, that's a massive. I mean, that's an incredible sort of you know um, um, added bonus for us that someone. I mean. It, you can't really imagine that uh, happening in any other sport, but um, that that someone who's a bona fide celebrity is actually going to play in a bona fide World Cup, um, which looks like looks like it's going to happen this this autumn. So that's that you know that that's superb. I think, given again, you know, rugby league is associated with um, 
you know, but previously it would have seemed just, you know, ridiculous to to think of someone who's, you know, who's who's missing a leg playing rugby league. Yeah. Whilst now, now we're there, and and also I thought his documentary demonstrated that you know that this is not this is not touch rugby league. This is you know this is um, very very uh, physical, and it shows how. You know, people. You know, regardless of where they're coming from, what um, difficulties they might have, actually, they can, given the opportunity, given the chance, they can they can put on a show just just like anyone else. Um, so, so yeah, I think it's a you know, again, it sort of confounds that that image, that idea that the game's always had. So, yeah. So I think that's exciting too. I think goes goes hand in hand to some extent there yeah. with the. Uh, I think. I th- yeah, I think the other element of it is it is just, you know, I'm I'm not a big tennis fan, but I understand that, you know, people who are see, you know, there's there's differences, there's idiosyncrasies to the women's game, the men's game. Yeah. Um, you know, wheelchair rugby is obviously pretty different in you know, lots of elements to to um to to uh you know, rugby league as it's been played previously. But that variety means that you're potentially Attracting, there might be, you know, there might be all sorts of people who, who particularly enjoy wheelchair rugby league. Yeah, you, you, you're offering, you're offering more options, and you're potentially bringing more people in as a result. Yeah, that's right. One of the, one of the things that was really interested in uh, that you were talking about was um, the students. Um, yeah, and some of the offers in in some of the student towns where. I, th- I think you were saying that, like sometimes you get people that are coming in from outside traditional Heartland Rugby League areas to study. Yes. Let's say for three years uh, in Leeds, for example. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you've got. I mean, it's the most you know, it's the most obvious case where not only is it in the same city, but you've got a lot of the accommodation is right there near near Headingley, and so pretty much everyone everyone I've spoken to who's been to any of the Leeds universities. Just sort of, you know, it's just something. You know, the rhinos have been, they've they've gone along on at least one um, Friday night, or or what have you. They they know about it. They can't really miss it. Um, so you've got that. That's one level. But I think beyond that, even if you go to university in Exeter or um, you know, like in, um, wherever you go in the in the country, it might be the opposite of a rugby league um, heartlands, but. It's quite probably got a rugby league team within the within the university, and not only that, even if it doesn't, you've probably got someone from Wigan or Hull or Bradford or yeah. Halifax or what have you on your corridor, and you get talking to them, and then oh, what the oh, what are you watching? What's yeah. this on a Thursday night? Yeah. And people get people get drawn in. Um, yeah, that that mixing now, I've, I've, you know. That didn't used to happen. That didn't used not on this level. You know, we're now at a point where roughly, you know, half the cohort go to university, where previously it was a tiny, tiny minority. So, so we've now got far more. Sort of, it's almost like a sort of cocktail shaker. Mm. You know, rather than people in Tunbridge Wells going through their lives only really knowing people from Tunbridge Wells and 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 who they might you know meet if they move up to London. Now they're actually oh you know they might end up getting married to 
you know, yeah. some, someone from Featherstone or, yeah. you know, they might end up with their best mate being being someone from St. Helens. That's not that's not unusual anymore. No, and I think not. that that element, that that at the moment, I see it talked about again and again and again. Well, the thing is, the demographics, the demographics, demographics, you know, as if, you know, rugby league fans are are, are just sort of Monty Python style sort of gumbies, you know, with yeah. uh, with with uh, with with, with uh, knotted, you know, napkin on their on their head. Uh, it, it's just it, it was never true. It was never, you know, like it. Um, and it and now you're actually getting this spread. You know, if you if you're looking for people across the country, if you're looking for people who perhaps come from you know better off backgrounds, so uh, better um, targets for advertisers. Well, they are there and. Um, and they get more opportunities in rugby league than than ever before. Well, yeah. I'm all for uh, any offers for students because I've got a student card with no expiry date. On it. <laughs> <laughs> student for life. That is stereotypical rugby league. I mean, what we? I mean, the interview we did last week though, Bobby, with Paulie Bolger. I mean, Paulie went to Gloucester University. Yes, he did. Yeah, and he's, you know, he's now playing for Cornwall, obviously, but he went to a university that traditionally wasn't a, a rugby league heartland and. Uh, that was part of a big part of his story as well, wasn't it? Yes, so, it yeah. was. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, you, you're right. Um, and then you've mentioned also about uh, overseas, and I'm and I'm and I'm yeah. guessing that's that sort of a where are the communities type of thing. I mean, I, I know that before the last World Cup, before it was postponed, England were going to play Fiji in Rochdale. Yeah. Weren't they? Because there's a big Fijian. Yeah. Uh, Population community, yeah. community in uh, yeah. in Rochdale and Fiji were based in Rochdale for the last World Cup over here in, in 2013. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's a it's a crying show. I mean, that's a whole other story as to why that's ended up that that'll be playing played in Salford instead. Mm. Rochdale are still intending. I'm hoping, you know, I think they're intending to put buses on and 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 still make it an event. You know, that link with the Rochdale the Fijian community. I think, I mean, one thing I sort of thought, I, I randomly went to England versus Egypt at football, um, like years ago, Cara, you know, like, um, before the Southgate revolution. Um, there was a massive, you know, there was a bigger Egypt support than, than most, certainly most Super League teams take away, you know, like a noisy, joyous Egypt support. Where was, and, where was that at? That's at Wembley. So right. that's at Wembley. And uh, because actually, you know, like that's one of the things, you know, London, like it pretty much stick a, you know, stick a pin in a globe yeah. and, and, and you've got a community for, for, for that country. Um, I, I used to teach in London. I think it was interesting. You know, like, so during the African Cup of Nations, like the kids, you know, the kids who were from an African country, all the bands were going off. Uh, there was lots of Ghanaian kids and uh, I think Ivory Coast. There weren't as many Ivory Coast, but Ivory Coast beat Ghana and that, kick, you know, like Ivory Coast lads were coming in. Like with all their, with all yeah. their shirts and flags and what have you yeah. uh, to to rub it in, but these kids would still support England in in World Cups as as well. Yeah, um, I think you've got a really you know again the world's changed, you know there's a massive sort of mixing pot, and people just perk up and pay attention when someone who they've got something in in common with, if it's you know sort of past heritage and what have you, you know so. Um, 
you know, Oledsky at Leeds, that is an opportunity. Yeah, hey, look right, at yeah, this. Where's, hey, yeah. look at this. And I think, you know, something I've seen, I've, you know, um, I, I think it's interesting with the Garner thing, actually, you know, and it links to the previous thing with the Oxford, you know that Oxford University went on tour in Ghana. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. No. Oh, well, then this is, you know, staying positive. But if if it was up to me, there wouldn't be a rugby league fan who didn't, you know, yeah. like yeah. You'd, you'd wallpaper. The, yeah. No, if, I... if we'd have said what, what two places in the entire world are least likely to play rugby league, 40 years ago, he's probably gone, well, Oxford University and Ghana. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but and now yeah. they're playing each other. No, they're playing yeah. each other. And and so there, straight away, you are you are tapping into you just it's another way to connect people. Yeah, so if people don't know rugby league, but they see, you know, the you know, the country that their their family is originally from mm. involved just catches their interest and then mm. and then we can we can go from there. Well, I remember one of the Four Nations games a few years ago, Australia and New Zealand. We we played that at QPR. Um, yeah, and yeah. we never really built on that. I don't think to you know, it's like I say, it was more of a one-off, and that was never really repeated. I don't think elsewhere. But you're right; it's a similar thing, really. I found it. I mean, this is another sort of thing that a lot of people don't know. The so I, when I lived in London, we always go and watch Origin on on repeat. So you'd have to do a likely lads and avoid the score all day. Yeah. Um, the the pubs, the walkabout on Temple used to be absolutely packed, yeah. absolutely rammed, full of people who knew that they could find out the score any time they wanted, any time they wanted. Um, but but were there now? Did I ever see anyone from any? You know, like I mean, I, I'd have had but the Bronco and everyone, you know, there to try and sort of tap into that. Never, never saw it. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever been in a, in a pub where everyone's, you know, fixated on rugby league yeah. on the telly in that way that you get with, um, you get with football all the time. Um, so yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, like the, the, the Aussie New Zealand populations The you know, you do have, you know, I think combined with Northern exiles, you have, you have a lot of people, you know, London is one of the biggest rugby league cities in the world, whether we realise it or not. Yeah. Um, you know, just even if you're only going by, um, you know, <laughs> even if only taking into account people from rugby league Heartlands, well, there's enough people from, you know, northern northern towns plus Sydney, plus Brisbane, plus Auckland um, and, and all sorts of other places there yeah. before you even get into the... Um, you know the the locals who are interested in the game. So, yeah. so yeah. So it's another opportunity. Well, we met quite a few Australians, and that we? we went to Wimbledon, for example, didn't we, Callum? Who we were, yeah. we yeah. were walking around there with the Queensland shirts and things. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But I suppose that's that's the similar thing to the to the last the last section, I suppose, which is which is you mentioned about rugby union and the internet. Gener- yeah, and the sorry, the internet generation. Yeah, yeah. So with the, I mean, union play. I mean. Again, it's actually in generational terms, it's early days of union players being able to have a free crack at playing rugby league. So I've been refereeing um, mainly Eastern Rhinos down here. Um, in, so they they're a, they're a team based at Colchester Sports Park, um, and what I noticed with you know refereeing the the school boys, quite often they've got their union stash on. Um, you know, so I, I mean, 
these are these are schools, you know, like sort of St Joseph's College Ipswich, which again is you know you know I I played them at rugby union when I was a kid. I couldn't have imagined you know we were we were Bradford Grammar, so we had plenty of like rugby league fans in our team. But St Joseph's Ipswich, you couldn't really imagine a less rugby league place um, than than that in the country. But now those lads are. You know, or some of those lads are coming over and having a go at rugby league. Yeah. And some of them will find actually it's a better fit for their skill set, yeah. for their temperament, for how they play. You know, some of them will. It, it's, I know that we're no longer in a situation where we can, you know, sort of wave a load of money under Jonathan Davies and equivalent snows. You know, like with that, that, that time has gone. But Regan Grace is a great demonstration that sometimes, do you know what? Uh, a player that the union might quite like to have might just say, "Do you know what rugby league first? Yeah. And I think it's you know I'm absolutely gutted that he's that he's now gone to gone to union, but you know at least better to have loved and lost. And, I, and there are other lads like Regan Grace in all these rugby union heartlands yeah. that we can we don't have to get all of them, but if we just get a few, then um, then we are you know and obviously um, falling into my own trap there, lads and and lasses, you know, like yeah. if there are plenty. I mean, that's another one that Sarah Hunter, England women's rugby uh, uni captain, started off in rugby league, as far as I know. Okay. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know that. No, I didn't. Um, I'm certainly surprised, you know. And she's so she was the poster girl for women's rugby union, and actually, you know, like she's she could easily have ended up in in rugby league, and mm-hmm. and hopefully will be challenging for. For for more people like her to to come into our game, so so yeah, I think I, I um I think it gets forgotten that you used to get you, you didn't have to get paid just playing rugby league mm. got you banned from playing rugby so, union yeah, again. Just stepping, yeah, so, <laughs> over the threshold, yeah, and and yeah, so, and, and fi- yeah, this is early days. Yeah, and, and finally, Andrew, I, I suppose the whole idea of this is that we, we fill our events, don't we, with with these people that. The, all these groups that we've mentioned, you know, yeah. then we've got things like Ashes matches bursting at the seams again, haven't we? We've got internationals, we've got the Challenge Cup final, the Grand Final, Magic Weekend. We've got events that are really good and really popular that with all these extra people that, you know, that, that we're really bursting at the seams, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. I don't see any reason why why not. And it's not so long ago, you know, I was there. I mean, one of, I, I think that's one of the the things that Nigel and Ralph got away with um, that, that, that should have been m- noted more. You know, we took two games to the Olympic Stadium. Yep. And the first one was against the Kiwis. You went to that column, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yes, I, I did, yeah. yeah. Pretty, um, pretty, pretty tough uh, <laughs> match. Um, uh, but the second one... So for the second one... It was the Kangaroos, which traditionally are an easier sell. And we had Sam Burgess back uh, from from his time in rugby union. So that's another um, way to, to sell it. And we actually got 10,000 less. Got 10, so instead of building, we were, we were shrinking. And I think we've got to look at what we've got, you know, what we've outlined there. We've got... We, we've got all these reasons, all these potential extra fans to go at. Yeah. And we've got to be looking at things like the Challenge Cup final, like not just World Cups, but internationals mm. and saying, let's pack the grounds out. That's right. um, 
make make the the spectacle when people just flick past rather than seeing acres of empty seats they see a full crowd really enjoying what's what's out on the field and a massive mix of people like we've seen there you know there's there's hardly any person who couldn't you know find themselves in those groups on that thread that I put together. That's right. Um, so I think I just think it's a really exciting situation to be in, and and I want to see it see it exploited. Now I took I, I took um, like on the rugby union front. I took uh, myself and another mate from the rugby union club that 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 we play for. We managed to fill a bus. Now this is in South London. I think most people were going to their first ever rugby league match and we went up to Tottenham for the cup final. Yeah. You know, that's that's fifty odd fans coming yeah. out of SC twelve and and filling seats and really enjoying themselves and enjoying the match and and we'll likely go again and hopefully we'll take two buses. So it's doable. Yeah, of course. Um, so let's do it. Well well all the stuff that we've spoke about there it's, I mean, it, it, in strategic terms, it doesn't seem that difficult for for a governing body to put in place. I mean, I've worked for sports governing bodies before, and, and this is what it's all yeah. about. And whatever you know, all the stuff we've talked about then has to be better than putting uh, uh, tickets on Groupon, doesn't it? Before the uh, the week before the the final or whatever. You, yeah, you would hope. Like I said, you know, try, you try and keep positive. Uh, yeah, and uh, all you can say is, look, let's. Let's you know, like talk us through. If they want, if they want us to be, you know, be positive, be supportive of their efforts, then the more transparent they can be, yeah. and the more clear about how they're they're responding to these these opportunities they are, then uh, then the more that we can get behind it and uh, and help them out. You know, I think yeah. that's the the other big thing for rugby league, and I think more than any other sport is the fans are evangelical and prepared to go the extra mile. You know, it's it's not it isn't just a sport because of the the origins of it, because of its history, because of its communities, then it's it's something just a bit more. And we do feel a sense of you know duty and desire to to help grow it and help it help yeah. it be successful. And it hurts us when it's not. And so so yeah, we we'll 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 if they if they you know, if they meet us halfway, we'll be we'll be there to 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 help help get it sorted. Yeah, completely agree. Listen, Andrew, it's been an absolutely uh, a pleasure yeah. as, as pleasure as usual. Uh, no, <laughs> thank thank you for that, and uh, we'll uh, obviously we'll we'll put some uh, uh, some things on Twitter, and we'll put some things on the thread about the uh, about what we've done on the pod tonight. And uh, I've no doubt that we'll get a, a, a fantastic reception as usual from when uh, from when Brilliant. you're on. So. Listen, thank you so much for joining us, and and hopefully you'll uh, you'll join us again soon. Yeah, we'd love to. Fantastic, great stuff, fellas. All right, we'll catch Brilliant. you again. Thanks, Cheers, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. Bye. Yes, thanks once again to uh, Andrew Foster. Another fascinating uh, talk. It talks a lot of sense, doesn't he? Oh yeah, it's just it just some of the strategy stuff would just seem lacking, and yet and yet we as a podcast, us as fans. It doesn't take that much working out. We, you know, we can see it, and yet it doesn't seem to get done, does it? No, I know people keep going on about the like the IMG stuff, and um, I hope they do get fans involved. I actually had a, I forgot about this actually. I actually had an email um, to do a survey, but it was from like a playing point of view. Oh, playing right. the, the community oh, okay. game and right, stuff. Okay. So whether IMG are behind that and and whatnot, I'm not so sure. But hopefully they send something similar out. Yeah. Uh, for for you know fans. Yeah. Yeah. 
So Let's hope so, yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> let's move on to our last segment, shall we? We know what it's everybody's favourite. Not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly press the wrong button then. Move forward podcast prediction league with six again. That's right, it's the Predictions League, and of course we're joined by Bri from Six Again. Bri, how are you this week, mate? Hi, boys. Can you do us a favour? Can you turn the air, condos- air conditioning off? It's making it happy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Are we, we okay? Yes. Uh, everybody, Everybody's good, and, and the league is hotting up, isn't it? It's hotting up more than this August weather. Mm. It's it's getting close, isn't it? it? It feels like a playoff fight in in, in this Super League. Yeah. It's that close. Just before we uh, we we delve into that, I just wanted to congratulate Brown his new job with the the RFL because he's he's clearly been working with the Man of Steel board because he couldn't even post the. Uh, the predictions this week. I think he's like just cut them off halfway through the season and just gone. You know what? You're not knowing anymore. Yeah, yeah there, you is know what? Re- there is a reason for that. Brian was on a weekend away. <laughs> I was, I was on a weekend bender, shall we say? And I was just, I uh, my phone's awful. So there was, a, there was a case of trying to get it done, but it just weren't happening. Right. I like so yeah, I'm basically I'm basically the RFL, yeah. Basically, if I can't get it done, it's not happening. So, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ralph, do you want to give us an update on who's, uh, on uh, where we're up to with the league? Well, we had two spots on last week. Um, first one was for Bobby, Ooh. and the second one was for Colin. I needed that because if I hadn't got that, would God. you be in trouble? Yeah, would you? Yeah, because Toulouse failed to win even though they should have done, and I had Salford as well. So I can let that one slide, well, but the Toulouse one is griping me a bit. Okay. Well, you say that, Carl, but the highest score was 29. You only got, you got 24. I know, but imagine if I'd have got the others right. I had Wakefield. I, I, Wake, I was the only one to pit Wakefield as well, who should have won. Mm. Yeah, so I should have Toulouse, but here yeah. we are. There we go. So but Yeah, we have five, we have five very good, so uh, very good weeks, and we had two average weeks okay. uh, last week. So the insiders only got fourteen points, so they are still top with three hundred and seventy-one. Well done, Paulie. <laughs> Andy got twenty-four points and has closed the gap to seven. Ooh. He is now on three hundred and sixty-four. Myself, I got twenty-eight points, and I've closed the gap to Andy to seven. 14 off top on 357. Callum with a spot on got 24 and is now four points behind me on 353 and there's an 18 point gap between the top four. Mm, all to play for. It is all to play play for. for. Then we get to the other half of the table. (laughs) In In fifth is Yorkshire still who got 29 points Joint highest of the week. They've done a bit of a lead, haven't they? Yorkshire, yeah. They've done a bit of a lead dry now, haven't they? And it was Eddie, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And they're on 308 points. On the same points still, because they got the exact same points again this week on 29. With Bobby and the stats team, on now on still on 308. But they're behind because Yorkshire have got one more spot on. And bottom are still Lancashire, who only got 14 points this week and are 
on 271, a 37 point gap to the next place team. Disappointing, that, isn't it? Mm. And before you ask Andy, no, Paulie can't be the insiders every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, who is the insider this week? Well, the insider this week is uh, the broadcaster and journalist, uh, George Riley. Mm. I, I don't like it when we have journalists and things as the insider because they, they tend to like know what's going on a bit more, don't they? Yeah. Mm. I'm not sure I like that. Very much. <laughs> Funny you should say that the week that you've closed the gap. Exactly. <laughs> Although you did pick Wakefield, so it would have been a smaller gap if you hadn't. Yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> Who else have we got? Lancashire, we have our Salford fan, Louise. Okay. The Yorkshire, we have our Wakefield fan down at Bellevue. Right. And then it's us for it as well. Back on this week. Okay. Just, do you think Louise will do better than the last time she was on? She can't do worse. No. <laughs> <laughs> physically, literally, like, literally can't do literally, worse. Literally, yeah. Yeah. You say that, yeah. but... Do you, <laughs> she got you nil, say that, but she? The, Well, the exact message that I received off Louise... Yeah, go on. ...when I asked if she would like to do it, she said... She's on holiday at the moment with family. Okay. But she said, send me the fixes over and I'll be sure to tip incorrectly pay for them. Mm. <laughs> and there's actually some really <laughs> tough games to predict this week as well. There is. So, do you want to, well, uh, do you want to take we us do through, have a, right? We do have a Louise, but it's yeah. not from Louise. Okay. So, first up, we have Thursday night, 8 o'clock on Sky, UK time. Waddington free to lose. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I mentioned it earlier. Um, I think Warrington probably will win this, uh, especially if they, they start like they did against Wigan. Like I said, uh, with the review, the Toulouse and, and obviously Sylvan Hules um, look really despondent, and, and and rightly so. You know whether they'll bounce back straight away, I'm not so sure, but I'm going to say Warrington by fourteen. I agree with everything you've just said there. Uh, I'm going to go Warrington by 12. Mm. I think Warrington will win as well, but I'm going to go Warrington 16. Okay. We don't have a clean sweep. Down the Bellevue for Yorkshire, Warrington by 20. Louise for Lancashire, Warrington by 10. Myself, Warrington by 12. And George for the Insiders, to lose by six, I will just say while you've been uh, recording that to lose may have played their hand because they announced their team forty hours before kickoff on nice. Twitter and then happily deleted it. But if anyone wants to see it, let me know because I took a screenshot. <laughs> so if you're listening, Dan or Pal, yeah. yeah, I've got the team here, mate. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right, Brilliant. next game. Uh, Friday, 8 o'clock, Castleford v Catalan. Uh, another tough game this, really. I think Cass will maybe look to bounce back after those two defeats on, on the trot. And I, I, Catalan just seemed to be a little bit in a in a dip of form. I know they won at Wakefield, but it wasn't in the convincing matter you would think of a top four team against a, a bottom of the league. <sighs> I can see, I can actually see Cass just about pipping this one, to be honest with you. I'm going to go Castleford by eight. 
Uh, I've just changed my T to an S thinking, uh, remembered how many uh, players cattle handed out last week. Mm. So I'm going to go Castleford by 10. Okay. Um, yeah, what did you say, 8? Uh, yeah, Castleford by 8. Right, well I had uh, Castleford by 10, so I'm just going to stick with that. Okay. We have a mixed bag. Down to Bellevue for Yorkshire, Wakefield fan. Catalan by six. Louise for Lancashire. Castleford by 16. George for the insiders. Catalan by eight. And myself, I've gone Catalan by 10. I know they've got their injuries, but they have actually not travelled back to base from Leeds this week. Mm. I'm staying over. Man, last Might time give they, them last a little bit of an edge, well, especially with the weather. It didn't work, did it, last time they did that? Yeah, true. Okay. Next game. Hull KR free Leeds, Friday, 8 o'clock on Sky. Another toughie, I think. Another toughie. Um, I think Leeds have got in that playoff position now, and I think they'll stay there. So I'm going to, and Hull KR again with a few injuries, so I'm going to I'm gonna go with Leeds because they've got in the playoff places to stay there. So I'm going to go Leeds by 14. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, even though they've got, I think... Fuchs two are out, Caesar and another who I can't remember. I still think with the way that they've been playing, they'll they'll, they'll go well. Mm. I'm going to say Leeds 18. Pryor's still out, is he, I think? Could be. Can't remember. I'm going to say Leeds by 16. We have a clean sweep. The other one who's out is David Fuchs Tua. And while you've been recording, Aidan Caesar has had his, game, his band reduced by one game. All right, so he's still out, though. Yeah, it's just, yeah, we'll keep it in mind for next week. Um, down at Bellevue for Yorkshire, Leeds by 16. Louise for Lancashire, Leeds by 12. George for the Insiders, Leeds by 12. And myself, Leeds by 16. We're all within six points of each other. Okay. Saturday, one o'clock, Channel 4, Salford v Huddersfield. This is another tough one. This is another tough one. Uh... Salford have been playing really well. Obviously, had a loss last week and be looking to bounce straight back. Um, Uddersfield just seemed to just be getting over the line. Um, and I think it'll be another week where they do that. I'm going to say Uddersfield by eight. Yeah, I agree. I think Salford will, will want to get back on those winning ways quite quickly. But I just think that top four again, it's just... Maybe just a, a maybe a step too far. I think Huddersfield will just about get over the line. I'm going to go Huddersfield by ten. I disagree. I think Salford will uh, will turn it on again this week, and I think I think Salford will win by ten. Okay. We have a mixed bag. George for the insiders. Huddersfield by four. Myself. Huddersfield by six. Louise for Lancashire. Salford fan. Salford by eight. Mm. And down at Bellevue for Yorkshire, Salford by one. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to jinx Louise there, but I'm pretty sure she said Salford by eight last time she got zero as well. <laughs> she normally goes Salford by two. Yeah. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> okay. Next game, Bry. Sunday, three o'clock. Hull FCP St Helens. I think that's. Uh, I think that's another tough game. Really, I think. You've seen uh, St. Helens maybe 
not performing to their best of standards in the last couple of weeks. Maybe they'll put that right again uh, this week. Hull are just a, a very strange team. We've said it all season. They've got the ability to turn it on or they've got the ability to, to just shut off and, and not try or, you know, lose from quite a winning way or even just get hammered, really. It's such a tricky team, but uh, I'm going to go with Saints by 10. Yeah, I'm going Saints 12. Uh, Saints 16. We have a clean sweep. Uh, down at Bellevue, for Yorkshire, Saints by 12. Louise for Lancashire, Saints by 32. George for the Insiders, Saints by 16. And myself, Saints by 14. And I'll throw one extra little bit in. I'll say Josh him to score a try any time in the game as well. <laughs> uh, one last game then? Yeah, Wakefield v Wigan. Sunday, 3 o'clock. Uh, do you know, they've not done well there like, the last few years, have they? They've had some... Yeah, a couple yeah. of heavy defeats. I can't see that happening again, to be honest, the way that yeah. both teams are playing. And I think we're going to have too much pace and power for them, I think. So um, I think they'll put up a fight, but I'm going to go Wigan by 16 in the end. I can see him I can see him pulling away a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to say um, Wigan by 24, but I think that will be flattering to Wigan. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see a, a very desperate Wakefield side with some last couple of weeks but I think Wigan will just just uh, just get over the line I've gone Wigan by 14 we don't have a clean sweep Louise for Lancashire Wigan by 26 George for the insiders Wigan by 14 myself Wigan by 18 down at Bellevue for Yorkshire Wakefield fan Wakefield by 2 hey <laughs> I always love a buy two. It's great. Isn't yeah, it? it's excellent. Yeah, brilliant. So I think that wraps us up, doesn't it, for the uh, for the prediction league, Brian? I think that's the last game, isn't it? That is it. That is all. Excellent. Well, that just about wraps us up for this evening. Uh, thanks for staying with us all this time. Um, thank you again to Andrew Foster um, and and chatting through that thread. Obviously, going. Check it out on on his Twitter um, and have a read through it yourself. Really excellent read. Um, thanks to everybody who's participating in the Predictions League this week and obviously thanks to Bri for sorting it all out. But wherever you're going, uh, wherever you're watching your Rugby League this week, stay safe and enjoy. But from all of us here at the Loose Forward Podcast, it's goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.